been a wonderful, challenging audience. But now, I'm afraid the show must come to a close. So welcome to episode 46 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host Lance, and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Carlin. What up? With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So episode 46, the screenplay was done by Joe Boyle. It was directed by Lawrence Wilson. And the episode synopsis will be read out by myself. Just as Bray feared, the tribe circus, led by the insane Top Hat, invades them all, attempting to enslave the Morats. But the Morats aren't giving up without a fight. Meanwhile, Lex continues to remain a prisoner to both the Locos and the Virus. I love this episode so much, you guys. <laughs> I did. I mean, I I hadn't watched it. Like I was telling Lance earlier, I haven't seen it in a few years since, like, probably my last tribe we watched. So it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And um, so when it came on, I just and again, this was the second episode of the show I ever saw. You know, and I was just giddy. Oh my goodness! I was like, this episode is so freaking good. I love it so much. I was getting chills, and I was. I was like laughing and yelling at the screen. It was so good. It was like, such a great experience. <laughs> like no wonder I didn't forget about this show for a solid year. It's like I gotta find it. <laughs> gotta find it. I feel like no matter what tribe fan you talk to, this is a this episode is on everyone's top five list. True. <laughs> yeah, I I think the direction in this is actually really really good. I, it's easy to forget and you know not pay attention to the production value but they really went in on this episode the editing of this is impeccable uh the stunt work extremely impressive considering what they're mm-hmm. working with mm-hmm. um they knew they they really had storyboards exactly how they wanted this episode to look and the shots they need to get and it there's no fat they, they cut all the fat off it's so lean so streamlined from beginning to end just really well-directed, well-written episode. Ebony, listen. Save it, Lex. Look, we can make a deal. A deal? With you? <laughs> Maybe one time, Lex. But it's like I say, you've changed. Yeah, be- before we get into the big tribe circus fight, let's um, jump ahead to the hotel, first of all, um, and focus on Ebony and Lex, because we have Lex continue to try and convince Ebony to help the Morats, but she tells him that it's obvious that he's changed and he isn't worthy of making a deal with anymore. Um, Yapana, what do you make of that? Um, do you think the old Lex would have fared any better in his negotiations with Ebony? Or do you think would even have bothered trying? I don't know if he would have tried. I'm trying to think of a scenario where old Lex would have gone to Ebony for help. Hmm. To help, you know, uh, to help the Mallrats. I mean, he might have. I can't say he wouldn't have. But I do feel that there would have to have been some more of a selfish motivation in there. I don't, you know, but uh, I don't think he would have fared any better, though, because he still wouldn't have had anything to bargain with. And he wouldn't have had the like right now, Lex is his only goal is to get help for his friends. Mm -hmm. Ego, all of that. He 
doesn't care about. It's to the side. So he's able to stay focused on what really matters to him. Whatever it will take to get Ebony to do this, he's willing to do it. If she said, kiss my feet, he'd be like, fine, whatever it takes. Just get your freaking people together and go save them all. Old Lex couldn't have done that. He would have let his ego get in the way. He would have let her insults get in the way. You know, he, he would have turned it into a dick me measuring contest with her. And so he wouldn't have been any more effective at getting what he needed from her, I think. I think it just depends on which which old Lex, you know, we're talking about. If it's pre-marriage uh, with Zandra, I, I don't think he would have uh, would have even bothered because I think it's those relationships he built with Zandra and KC that kind of made him feel like I have to I have to help them RS because he cares about them. So yeah, if it was after marriage, I think he definitely would have helped like he's doing now but if it was before then i don't think he's established those relationships far enough for him to to even care because even at this point i don't i don't think he cares too much about the the likes of chloe patsy bray and, and the rest of them are at. i wonder if old lex would have tried to bargain with the mole rats you know like offering some of them up as slaves for her Sounds like a great idea. They can take Bob. <laughs> lay off Bob. You lay off my dog, Carlin. <laughs> you start. <laughs> All the useless mall rats can go. <laughs> I could imagine um, old Lex, you know, making that kind of bargain with Ebony. You know, if he had the time to think about that and really consider. Um, again, he can't. He would have to be able to have this discussion without letting her get the best of him where it's it's so easy mm -hmm. for her to mess with his ego and then he loses focus and so um but if he could manage that i could actually imagine him going look you know pointing out that there are people that she could use <laughs> in the mall rats and he doesn't care if she took them <laughs> you, you know don't you want revenge on amber for getting away what about your precious bray ebony <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want him to serve you drinks? No, but if, if it had just been about, you know, the information they found and the antidote, if that had, had been all he cared about, he would have bargained for people to get them all saved. Here, have a Jack, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. But maybe not Jack, though. <laughs> Jack, Jack is really good. <laughs> uh, you know, technology-wise. But as far as... Bob goes, maybe... Oh, they can 100% take Tizan. <laughs> oh, I think he actually would have, especially early days Lex, would have made sure Tizan was still with them. He would have just given them Celine and... He would have focused on know. Amber and uh, Bray. That's who he would have wanted yeah. to get rid of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's who he would have offered up. <laughs> maybe and, Trudy and the baby. <laughs> you know, I, w I definitely want those two gone... You know, so I think that's what he would have, if he was, if, you know, in this hypothetical where Lex does this, mm -hmm. those are the two people he would have focused on getting rid of. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's plenty of people he doesn't see the use of, but those two are his biggest obstacle. <laughs> mm -hmm. We've gone through too much together just to stand aside and let someone else take over. So if they want what we've got, they're going to have to fight us for it. And we're going to win. Am I right? Yeah. 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 I said, am I right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's um, let's jump to the mall. Um, so the episode opens with a very creepy <laughs> setup with um, Top Hat looking through the security monitors, 
I mean, the mood is very tense, um, even though as Argent and Tyson still find time to bicker. Um, but yeah, what did the panel think of Amber's inspirational speech to try and get everyone ready for the fight? Oh, bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> she tried. She tried. She tried, yeah, she did try. And that's what you do. That's what you do, you know. I, I, give, her, I give her props for trying. Mm-hmm. Because it is about attitude. That plays a huge part in whether or not you succeed at something. And um, if you go in with a defeatist attitude, you'd never had a chance. But if you go in there with a sense of like, I believe I can do this and I should do this and I have something worth fighting for, you have a better chance of succeeding. And she's not a military leader. <laughs> she didn't know what to say. <laughs> she kept it so short and concise. <laughs> it was kind of sad though, because she, like, she knew that we're never going to win this. And it was just like, okay, yeah, let's, Let's go down fighting. <laughs> that is a good question. Did Amber believe they might have a chance? You know, like, did any of them believe that there was a chance they could beat them? You know, or was it just a sense of really, really hoping for the best, you know, and ignoring the fact that the odds weren't in their favor? I don't know which one it was for them. Did any, were any of them surprised when they lost? You know what I mean? I don't think anyone was. I think they were more like, so, <laughs> I I think Amber just tried to raise morale. You know, she she wanted people to, you know, not go down without a fight, not stand there with a oh hi tribe circus here have everything we have. It doesn't help that they don't really know what tribe circus is planning for them. They don't know what they're going to be dealing with when they come in you know so it's like what exactly are you preparing for is this going to be just a street fight or you know what i mean that's whew, that's scary yeah and i mean bray is scared of these guys so that must have done something with amber's confidence <laughs> bray's like they're so flexible it's unnatural <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't want to know how bray knows how flexible they are well, just look at the way they're always <laughs> leaping all over the place. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the speech uh, Amber gave, and this is a, a good start to her career of a ambitious rebel leader, or, or general, if you will, throughout the tribe series. So um, it was definitely fitting, and, and I, I love that it came from her, because I don't think... I don't think it would have been as effective if it came from maybe a Zandra or, or a Celine. I don't think they have that kind of confidence that uh, Amber has. And nobody would have believed it coming from either of them. One of the things I like is when she gives her speech and Bray is one of the only people who's like, yeah, right? Because he's, you know, he's backing her. Like he knows what she's mm -hmm. doing. You know, this is all about motivation. But nobody else really is that gung-ho with their answer. They're just like, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, am I right? And then I, I like that boost it gave everyone where they're like, yeah, you know, like, I want to believe in this. You know, I, I really, I liked that. I thought that mm -hmm. was, because we've all been there. <laughs> we've had to hype ourselves up for something. We're like, I'm going to lose so bad. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> oh. I'm going to lose with a good attitude! <laughs> they all get a trophy. <laughs> These were definitely well-earned participation trophies, okay? <laughs> 
I will happily hand them out to all of them. You go. You did so good, Bubbers. No, poor Bob's not getting to participate. I don't think he cared. They need. <laughs> if there's one thing they needed to not do is keep panning to the dog and the chickens. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know they had chickens. That does not match the tone at all. <laughs> you could at least, if, if you're going to film Bob, you could at least try to film him looking tense or growling or something. Not just chilling mm-hmm. like, I'm in the cage, man. With the chicken. I like my cage. I like my cage. I have snacks here. Like, why do you keep panning to that shot? That's that's not helping with this tone. <laughs> Dog, Bob doesn't even seem like he hears what's happening in the mall. Very unnecessary establishing shot. We know where dog, <laughs> the dog and the chickens are. We know. <laughs> what did you think of the actual choreography that was used during the fight? Especially because um, the Chloe makes a remark that it sounds like a party. Um, do you think that they, obviously we've spoken about this before, but you think they purposely softened up some of the darker elements to make it seem more lighthearted for the viewers? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. It made it look more like a dance. Mm. So it can lessen the the impact of what they're actually doing to each other. Uh, So it becomes more like, I mean, that it's very fitting that they're fighting acrobats, you know, who Mm -hmm. can really use their bodies to create the stunt and create a, a sense of impact. So you can hide the fact that they're not actually hitting each other. And I think they did a great job with that. Because unless you're seriously picking this fight apart, they look like they're connecting with their hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this was really well shot. They put a lot of work into this fight. It's creative. It's interesting looking. It's fun. You know, um, you had to soften the fact that our heroes are being utterly destroyed by these people. <laughs> what young child is going to enjoy that or understand? You know, if you like, you're skewing your audience from age eight to 18. Some of your youngest audience might have been afraid of Tribe Circus. They look terrifying. They're creepy looking. So yeah, I, I think they were just a, a really smart choice in their choreography to add a playfulness to it. For a younger audience, not, it's not as scary of what's happening. It does look like this elaborate performance, if anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even Top Hat's remarks um, help with that because he <laughs> because he keeps saying that uh, the performance must go on, the show must go on. Mm. You know, it, it it makes it to younger viewers. It makes it more of a show that they're putting on than a very dangerous fight, right? Because while the an older audience can insinuate what Tribe Circus might do to the mall rats, and you know, we don't need it spelled out for us. Like we know this is bad, but a younger audience, you know, this makes it feel like okay, they're they're bad, but. It's not scary what they might do to our mall who are clearly losing, you know. Um, I just thought it was it was very smart. And it turns it into like for Tribe Circus, this is just a game, which helps with their threat level for a younger audience. Again, older audience, we can insinuate what they're going to do. But yeah, your you nine year olds don't need to know exactly how bad this could get. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> so, yeah. Very clever. It makes Tribe Circus almost fun. A fun threat. You know, because fun scary is good for kids. And I think that's what they managed to capture for Tribe Circus. They're scary, but it's an entertaining fun kind of scared. Think about how many people say they want to be a part of Tribe Circus just because how much fun they seem to be having while being evil. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. They looked. Ooh, I love. I I'm just like it's so every costume they've got for Tribe Circus is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it really <laughs> takes me back to like a 1980s hair band rock metal. <laughs> You know, um, they should be performing with Ozzy Osbourne, you know, and mm-hmm. bite their heads off bats. <laughs> just, <laughs> those costumes are so great. Oh, my goodness. It's intimidating that someone shows up dressed like that. You're like, what the frick? And that Elvis wig. <laughs> <laughs> clown outfits. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so well put together the quality of the costumes was fantastic i loved them i was admiring the entire episode uh but yeah i think the choreography is really good really really good yeah so the choreography for me i thought you know for for the tribe for the show what it is i thought it was good and and also i want to (laughs) make an apology because last week i said that dale was probably the most useless mall rat in terms of fighting and mm-hmm. i totally forgot this episode he he did do something he did held his own like uh, you know he held his own which i will totally give him respect for that so now it's switched over to jack is the most useless <laughs> <laughs> in terms of fighting but uh, i thought the choreography was pretty well done uh for what it is and fight choreography in itself for movies and television is definitely a dance and uh, Mm -hmm. for this show they definitely sold it a little bit more as as a dance than actual fighting which worked out in its favor but yeah i mean (laughs) and you know how how kind of flamboyant and 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 uh i guess just how loose the fighting was really fit into the tribe circus as like circus Mm -hmm. performers which is pretty pretty cool and um and now I wish that girl who was, like, covered in, like, gold paint. <laughs> mm-hmm. I kind of wish we got to know a little bit more about her. Oh, uh, there's so many people in Tribe Circus I'd love to know more about. Yeah, except for the Elvis guy. Yeah. <laughs> Elvis guy's physicality was fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's, like, the stunts he had to do, because he's constantly flipping all over the place during this fight. You know, and... Uh, so I'm just very impressed with his physicality. <laughs> and I think um, as for the mall rats fighting efforts, um, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to give them points for how much effort they put into this. Of Most of the, I don't really, I'm trying to think of another fight where the mall rats realistically, at least in my opinion, put up a fight and win or lose where I'm like, I'm buying this. Um, this they actually had some strategy to this which i admire like they had a plan um Mm -hmm. you know they were like okay we need to lead them we need to you know that you have to strategically lead them through the mall to hit these booby traps and that's not easy you know you really have to try anticipate what your enemy is going to do um like i like the fact that they had this plan and you don't know what their plan is you you just think that the three of them are taking hits and trying to keep tribe sargus out but no they're strategically leading them into the mall because they know they couldn't keep them out which i liked i liked Mm -hmm. that a lot um because they could have just stayed at the door and tried to keep them down in the sewers but they just accepted reality we won't be able to keep them down there so we have to lead them through the mall on a wild goose chase and hope that our booby traps work and um so i like that i like the thought that went into their fighting and the fact that they had to slowly retreat 
you know, give give just give just enough resistance to convince Tribe Circus that they are trying to stop them and then retreat in a realistic way so Tribe Circus will follow because you want them to follow you exactly where you're going so they can land in the booby trap, blah, blah, blah. So I liked that. I like the thought that went behind that and that all three guys are on the same page. They knew what their plan was. Why aren't you wearing armor, Dal? I mean, Bray and Ryan were smart enough to put something on. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, <laughs> uh, it was nice seeing them with weapons, too. I like that. <laughs> I have to say in this that I'm also very glad that they showed that Top Hat is no fool. Hmm. After that first booby trap, he didn't assume that that was all they were planning. I mean, he was shoving people forward onto the net. Mm-hmm. Just to make sure it was safe. <laughs> Top Hat's reaction to the first booby trap with the <laughs> sewers. <laughs> now, I forgot all about the sewer booby traps, to be mm-hmm. honest. I absolutely had forgotten. And uh, so even I was caught off guard. I was like, oh my gosh, it was a concussion. It <laughs> was a good one. It was a really good booby trap. Mm-hmm. And I love the look on his face. Like, he's so insulted that they would try to fight back. Like, how dare they? Oh, they're going to get my extra attention. <laughs> trip. He's so theatrical. I love it. And then, yeah, yeah, it slows him down. He starts paying attention, looking for the tripwires. And I love the delay on the second one. That was brilliant. <laughs> that was so good. He almost got brained in the head. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, um... Yeah, I thought those were really just awesome. They were very clever booby traps. It sucks that they didn't work, all of them, but <laughs> Jack's booby traps worked in Jack's defense. Like, he was the one yeah. in charge of the ones in the, in the sewers, and they all worked. It was Tyson's booby traps that didn't work. Yeah, her knot tying was horrible. Oh, boy. And, and her idea of how much people weigh versus how much that safe or whatever she put on it weighed. Well, that's not what stopped it from going up. It's like um, Carlin said. Yeah, did not. A snag in the rope. And all she had to do was grab it, you know? And it would have yeah. it would have taken them up, but she just sat there hope- helplessly like, oh, it didn't work. And so I said, you had one job. <laughs> one job. One job. <laughs> and she it's just fun. kept sitting there hiding. And then you got thrown into your own trap, Tyson. Yeah, what's I'm, up with that? I, I'm also kind of surprised because we've seen that Tyson knows how to fight. Thank you. Yes. Knows how to kick. And why on earth didn't you put that girl in your line of defense? Because I think the day that she kicked Zandra in the face, the writers realized they'd made a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> So she basically got visioned for the rest of the show. She's never allowed to fight again. And what did, what did Hill say? She's charging her batteries. <laughs> it was that powerful of a kick. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, that's the one time we ever see Tyson truly fight, and it was completely unnecessary. And um, yeah, you've never- also... We've seen her practice with a stick, you know? Yeah, that's not, just, that's not actually fighting. That's just practicing and looking cool. We never actually see Tyson in a useful fight. So I, I, all I can think is that the day that they showed that she could do that was just a mistake from the writers. 
because they never utilize it. It's a shame though. I mean, after they've already shown us that he can and that he's more useful in a fight than Jack is, <laughs> you know, why have her hiding? I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it either. I don't know why. I mean, think about it. You ask somebody in the tribe fandom to describe Tysan to you, chances are they're going to mention her fighting prowess or the fact that she can protect mm -hmm. herself or whatever. And it's like, have you really thought about that? When have you seen Tysan fight? She doesn't. She never fights, not when it matters. Um, That's so true, yeah. She has this reputation <laughs> yeah. as someone who can fight. And it's like, when did you ever see her fight <laughs> successfully? Okay. Um, Sounds a lot like Lex. <laughs> <laughs> but Lex is actually, he at least fights. You know what I mean? Whether or not he's mm -hmm. like, he does fight. He does engage in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Um, but Tyson never really does. And yet she has this reputation as super tough and can defend herself. And it's like, I think you guys are just stuck on your first impression mm -hmm. of her. Because um, she doesn't actually live up to that. <laughs> she doesn't really do that. What did you guys think of Zandra's reaction to finding Tyson caught up? And that look in Zandra's eyes is just perfect. You can see her considering. That's messed up. I mean, we can laugh and joke, but she was contemplating murdering someone mm -hmm. in her tribe. Like, she had to know that that kind of fall wasn't going to be good. Like, she was looking to murder or grievously injure Tyson. That's don't know. Your life is in my hands yeah. and I'm about to end it right now because that's how much I hate you. Like, oh my gosh. And it's just, you know, buried in with the rest of the flamboyancy and stuff. You mm -hmm. And so it really explains why so much of the episode has to be that way to keep points like this. Ray wanted this mm -hmm. in there and he, you know, he had to fight for this. And I just love that it's in there. <laughs> the book between the, the girls. Like when Tyson realizes what Zondra's about to do. Like, why, wh who wouldn't fight to try and get out of the net? You know what I mean? Realizing that someone's going to send you crashing to your, the floor like that. Mm hmm. Oh, that's unsettling. I was like, Tyson, stop! <laughs> it's not going to hold your weight! Stop! Stop moving! Yeah, when I first saw it, so like when I first saw it, I was just like, no, Zondra, don't do it. Like, let's come on, we're a tribe. We can't do that to our own, right? And then probably when I finished the series, or a little bit after, or maybe I was like season three, and I went back and I watched this episode, I saw Zander trying to <laughs> trying to kill kill Tizan, and I was like, eh. Like, wow. right. <laughs> I was like, either she's going to die or be gravely injured. I mean. Or at least she... injured and at the mercy of Tribe Circus was the right. very least that would have happened. Right, like if Tizen was was injured, then I mean she'll technically be doing what she's already doing now, just absolutely nothing. And then if she would have died, I mean I don't want to see her dead, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't. But Man, it's just like this is cold blooded. I mean I really don't want to see her dead, but if she would have died, I would have been like. And then if one of the tribe members asked like, "Well, what what happened?" I'm like, "Well, she slept with someone's husband, huh?" <laughs> wow that's what you got for being naughty gloves have come off for carlin i mean if i was there i would have definitely stopped it but if i was too late i would have just you know shrugged my shoulders <laughs> He's like, i don't want to see her dead i just want to see her not alive anymore 
I mean, think about it. Think about it. Most of the people in this entire series normally have died from like falling off, falling off stuff. So if so, when um, a little bit of a spoiler alert, but if when Dale died, I would have been like, "Oh my god, Dale!" I like, "Oh my, I can't believe like what?" But if ties in, I've just been like, "All right, now we don't have to hear her spiritual rants and." <laughs> But it would have ruined so much for the future. Yeah, definitely. Huh. Cold bloody. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that would have been an interesting storyline for Zandra to have to go through. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would have been fantastic. Oh, man, that would have been a great little series. Yeah, but we would have lost everything else. There's no way they could have continued <laughs> this episode if Zandra just committed a murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing else matters at this point. <laughs> you can't just continue the fight and pretend that Isaiah's death was an accident. <laughs> it was an accident, technically. They could have cut away. So we wouldn't know for like many episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they were gonna, if they're gonna kill an episode, uh, kill a character in, in an episode, it has to be the whole episode that's focused on that. They can't put anything else in it. They're not allowed to. <laughs> There's no way they were gonna kill anybody in this episode. <laughs> Oh, but can you just imagine if she did? Top Hat would have been all, okay, now I really want that girl. She's evil. Yeah, yeah, he was already attracted to her. That would have made her even more attractive to him. You know, in his eyes. Yeah. There's only one part in the fight where I'm like, I really get frustrated with the mall rats. Um, it's the, I, I know why, I understand. <sighs> Bless their hearts, everything they tried to do, but... The, the pillows <laughs> the pillows like okay i forgive them for the booby traps not working that happens you know what i mean like i don't know why you wouldn't make sure there isn't anything under the cage so it can come down so but fine accidents happen you know um mm -hmm. the pillows <laughs> it's the only thing i can't i can't forgive the pillows <laughs> they were upstairs i mean we later see that they have kitchenwares and everything why not chuck those down they have so many things they could have thrown that would have been more useful than pillows up there. I don't expect them to throw really heavy things to cause deep damage because I get it. In the show, they can't have the kids doing that. They can't actually risk anybody getting hurt, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But yeah, you but come on. You they had CDs. Foam, you know, uh, you know, props that look like they're really heavy, but they're not. Yeah. I mean, like foam bricks. <laughs> Anything yeah. to... What the frick did they think the pillows were going to do? <laughs> I mean, even a, a CD case, or CD for that matter, would have caused more damage. Yes, anything. Anything heavier than a pillow. <laughs> I was just like, I didn't understand it. I know they have an abundance of them. Maybe it was a private joke, because they have so many pillows. Um, because it's the one thing they don't run out of ammo. They have so many mm -hmm. pillows. But I don't understand why that's what I chose to throw. <laughs> and they have to look so serious when they're throwing them. Like they think this pillow is actually gonna do something. And I'm I I don't I don't know whose idea that was. I don't know if that was a compromise <laughs> Ray had to make so he could get the other dark stuff in here because we have two more dark points that he, he wanted in this episode and he gets them. And so maybe the pillows were just like a compromise he had to make. It must have been, yeah. It must have been. <laughs> they were like, oh, you want the sexual assault, right? Well, okay. Guess what? They're not allowed to throw anything heavier than a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Ray was like, damn it. 
it's gotta, I gotta go for it. I gotta take it. It's a, good, it's a deal. I can imagine that meeting, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> we really need more info about meetings like that. Yeah, that's the only thing I can't forgive. Everything else they do, I think it's a good effort. Okay, that was, that was actually kind of clever. Um, mm-hmm. But the pillows is the only thing I'm like, seriously, you guys. You guys, there's a shoe shop up there. You could have thrown boots. <laughs> that would have been more effective. Yeah, I'm throw some high heels. High heels. High heels are deadly, yeah. Don't, don't walk high heels. <laughs> One of the things during this fight, you know, the moment they're stuck under that grill, I mean, it takes a while before Ember goes down there and tries to, well, take the basket away but i would have just started hitting them over the head with something that's the mm. one fail ryan has in the fight the only place to take off points he was in a position to literally concuss those two guys mm-hmm. who were trying to crawl out from under the the grill all he had to do is just keep wailing on him again i'm no i know it's allowed to do it, but it yeah. does it's an illogical moment in the fight that takes you out of the fight because you're like that's what the normal that's what i would have done you have them down and they're trapped and they're trying to get out you start hitting them (laughs) your weapon i mean he's got a makeshift mace so why not use that so yeah it's it's enough it's one of those moments where yeah i mean come on he even if he didn't have a weapon if he would have just jumped on top of them and the same thing when amber and the girls come down i'm not really sure what they're doing it's like just kick these guys. You don't have to get down on your knees and wrestle. <laughs> just kick them. You're in, you're in a better position. Um, I I'm still surprised how they managed to twist Celine's ankle like that. It was a good shot. I thought they did a really good job framing um, uh, the the way her ankle twists from one direction to another, mm-hmm. and even the way top hat. It's actually done really well. It's quite. Be- Mm-hmm. Um, because she has her foot set just so it'll look like it's been twisted too far around and then of course the waivers I thought they did a good job with that even though I was like way to go Celine but um yeah her ankle completely went 180 yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they, it was very well shot I mean my can my ankles can do that but <laughs> it's not normal for people's ankles to do that I mean, she recovers from it pretty quickly, but it's just, yeah, you know, it was a clever way to get her out of the fight. And yeah, it's not bad. Given what, you know, when you, when you have to judge the fight for what it actually has. Yeah. It's not bad. You know, like, okay, I guess I can forgive that. But yeah, I can't forgive pillows. And <laughs> can't forgive that one guy. That <laughs> um, was the least effective thing they could have. They might as well have just thrown like notebooks down. <laughs> Mm-hmm. paper <laughs> yeah i agree the pull up the pillows kind of took me out of it completely took me out of it i was just trying to think like early in my life like have i ever experienced being hit with a pillow and it like it actually really hurting because i know there are certain pillows out there that are like very uncomfortable but <laughs> mm-hmm. it, yeah it just completely took away the the immersion this, this show was trying to trying to pull pillows are just completely bouncing off because i know somebody listening to this will try to make the argument that pillows are an effective weapon i will say this <laughs> the way they're using these pillows is not effective because i will agree that if you are swinging a pillow at someone's mm-hmm. foot, the yeah. sheer velocity velocity could do some damage could hurt That's them different, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and throwing them and throwing them under a certain angle would ensure <laughs> hitting them with like 
the zippers on them or something. But the way they're utilizing these pillows <laughs> is not effective in any way, shape, or form. Um, so, yeah. You know what? I can actually make a case now. I think out of all the weapons they had, the the pillows could have been the most deadly weapon if used oh, correctly. Yeah. <laughs> inside the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> no, you see, they had the perfect opportunity when Top Hat and that other guy was like trapped yep. under under the thing. They could have easily just came by and just smothered Top them. Hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god wow i almost did a spit take on my monitor you guys that went dark like two like just two people just smother smother one of them at a time that could honey i think worked. you're watching the wrong show i i am it's really i really wish they would have picked a side like just keep it kids or just wow. keep it you know like a young teenage teenage show and they tried to a little too hard to do both that's just very dark right but i mean they hinted that stuff before in some other episode i think i think it was earlier in the first season well it didn't happen but there, there was an episode when trudy was laying on the bed and then celine grabbed a pillow or was it trudy i think amber amber was lying on the bed and trudy came over and grabbed a pillow and just sat next sat next to her Someone in the YouTube comments were like, "Oh my god, I thought Trudy was gonna was gonna kill Amber." <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's the thing. You're forgetting that when they have episodes that feature stuff like that, that dark, they have to trade off other things in the episode to get it past the censor. Mm -hmm. So you're you're expecting the show to be able to just have this dark stuff and not have to trade anything off to ha keep it. But it's like, dude, you're watching the wrong show. You are watching a show for a younger audience. They were never going to do that. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but it's not as if, like, I only just want the dark stuff. If they would have kept, like, this pillow scene and just kept everything light and just consistent. I just want it completely consistent. Because it keeps it keeps me from hoping certain things are going to happen. <laughs> you were hoping that would happen. <laughs> it it would have been fun if they tried it and failed. Right. Right, right, right. Because at least, at least they tried. That's the only way. That's the only way they would have gotten away with it is by having it fail. But you have to also consider what the implications of, for the characters, something like that, means. You know, yeah. for example, the implication of Zandra actually considering killing Tai Sand, they deal with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they don't just pretend it didn't happen. There's a confrontation. You know, Ty and we we get to see the fact that Zandra's going through a lot of stuff and really sees. Tyson is the source of all the bad stuff that's happened to her recently. You know, mm -hmm. they explore it. They don't just say, hey, wouldn't this be cool if she tried to do this? They have to actually explore what that means for the characters. So if you're going to have your characters try to smother and kill their enemies, you have to deal with that afterward. You can't just ignore the fact that that happened. You know, um, if the mall rats are going to discuss whether or not they should kill Ebony and what that means for the people and what you're trying to teach the audience who's watching them say or kind of stuff in there. It has to have a purpose. Consider the episode you're talking about, Carlin, with Trudy and Amber. Think about everything that leads up to you believing that Trudy might put that pillow over Amber's face. That doesn't just come out of nowhere. That comes First, out yeah. of seeing the conflict between the girls and Jay and the rising resentment that Trudy has every right to be feeling about Amber and feeling, you, you know, so it, 
the implication it brought you there that doesn't come out of nowhere you have reason that trudy would act on this because you've been watching her emotional journey and then that's why there's this ah oh, this breath when she doesn't do it and that's the whole point of that scene it didn't just come out of nowhere and it's not there just for drama's sake it's a character beat would she be pushed mm -hmm. to do something like that and when they do stuff like that you can't just throw it in the story because it might be entertaining it needs to service mm -hmm. the story and the characters and that's when it's well done yeah i can agree with that and then i also just want to say i think out of every morat i think think the most because I, I i do believe that i think 90 percent of these mall rats are just nice people and don't really follow through with like you know trying to kill someone or trying to put someone in grave harm i think out of everyone i think zandra is the most ruthless killer like killer instinct out of all of them so i think they should have let her well never mind i just i just, I just wanted to see someone die <laughs> <laughs> Someone should have died. <laughs> I think everyone has a limit. And when you find that special button on them, you can release their inner beast. Yeah, so, everyone mm -hmm. except for Bob. You know, uh, <laughs> even Bob, even Bob has an inner beast where he unleashes it. Long, you threaten the right people, Bob jumps at you, you know. and Didn't, um, didn't someone like, what was it, Spike? He just completely smacked smack the crap out of Bob. <laughs> because Bob attacked him because... Spike and his guys were attacking Bob's family. The whole point, right. my point mm -hmm. I'm making is that everyone has a button. You just have to find their specific button where they could actually feel homicidal towards you, you know. <laughs> and everybody's buttons yeah. a little different, you know. When Zach was, I mean, when Jack is first threatened with someone coming to attack his mall, he gets pretty homicidal about what when he wants to do about that. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like his instinct to punish people who come into his mall. <laughs> Chopping off their hands, setting them on fire, giving them some pills and putting them to sleep. <laughs> That's his button. Don't come into his mall. <laughs> yeah, and, that would have been a great idea. And for Trudy, it was don't come anywhere near Bray or Brady. Right. You have a trigger. Everyone has one. And then you see something really dark come out of them and what they're willing to do. And for Zandra, it's that her fantasy bubble has completely shattered by Tysan as she sees it. That brings out that rage. That's her button. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> we know it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to press Ebony's. <laughs> can, can I give off some theories on what they should have done? No, no. I think they could have beat them. They really could have beat them. They could have. I'm sure that if that's the way they wanted the story to go, if that was the way the story had to go, um, I'm certain they would have obviously written in a way for them to beat them because if you look at it they kind of have to go above and beyond for the mall rats to lose. everything has to go wrong for them to lose mm -hmm. otherwise you know it's like when you really think about the threat that tribe circus poses you do feel as though the mall rats could have put up a better fight if their tra traps had worked all that stuff so i think they just lost because they had to for the story oh yeah definitely because their plan wasn't bad you know, if the booby traps had managed to take out more people, think about it. If that cage had worked all by itself, that would have been the majority mm -hmm. of them stuck in the cage. That would have been it. Fight over. Yeah. It just didn't work because it wasn't allowed to work for the story. <laughs> yeah, because we know they were perfectly capable of trapping, uh, trapping people in the cage. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it worked for Lexander and Ryan. And it works at the end of the episode for Top Hat, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, it actually feels more, it feels weirder that they lose in this because the writers have to try so hard to make sure they lose. As I said, everything coincidentally just happened wrong. And, um, and you can see that in Jack's eyes with, a, oh man. We had this. We had this in the bag. It was a good plan. They still have it. All they had to do is when they were eating and the fight was over, all Amber had to do was go to her secret or go to Jack's stash and get that medicine, the sleeping pills, and just crush it up in their food. That's all they had to do. And then just watch them overdose. <laughs> could they could they any of them? That's actually not bad. I can actually see the sleeping pills working, one, because it's not lethal. It doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And it actually fits the tone of this is the way they beat their enemy by putting him to sleep. But they'd have to get access to the pills. And they weren't expecting to be in the situation they were. They weren't expecting to be separated as well. Hat was very clever mm-hmm. at separating them so they couldn't collaborate with each other and keeping them where he wanted them to be. So if one of the girls had thought, dude, let's get sleeping pills, Where, where's Dal's pills? They wouldn't be able to go get them. That's where KC comes but in. But could have been yeah, very yeah. clever. You know, but Casey never makes it to the kitchen. Remember, Casey's sneaking around and having to be very careful because they're watching. You know what I mean? And um, but that could have worked. Casey could have gotten but, there. But how did Tyson manage to get go somewhere and catch those bugs? That is a weird question. The, the for some reason in Uncle Harry's t- takeaway, these girls have collections of rat droppings and bugs just hanging out. Um, I don't know who's collecting these things. <laughs> Tyson, probably. I, I don't know why they're in Uncle <laughs> Harry's takeaway. Uh, that's one thing I thought was a little like, what? Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, realistically, with the types, type of herbs Tyson keeps, there probably would have been something to either make them ill or, you know, he would have had something that wasn't, and they would would not have known that those herbs were dangerous he could have just said oh i have these for flavoring <laughs> yeah i was thinking of that too how did you sneak off and get rat droppings Celine? Where, where'd you find those but that would have been good that would have been a good way for them to win it would have been a really nice unexpected win <laughs> um but as when i think about what ray was clearly going for with the fact that one our mall rats have to lose they have to be left in dire straits, and they have to be left in dire straits so that Lex's efforts won't be for nothing, because mm-hmm. you have to consider that storyline as well, and um, it has to serve a purpose what Lex is doing. So these guys have to lose, and they do have to end up in dire straits mm-hmm. so that everything Lex has been doing will fit into the story. Because otherwise, we would have been like, "What a waste of time! Why'd they have Lex doing that?" You know. And then two, Ray clearly wanted that darker tone. He d- clearly wanted a sense of hopelessness. Of our heroes losing and then being left for, well, dead, really. You know. I, I do have to say, I did like that little scene where the girls are making food and one of them comes at Trudy and she just grabs that frying pan. And even the little interaction with Top Hat um, taking over the pan and just hitting the person for them, it's just, it makes the scene slightly more lighthearted, even though it's creepy. I, that's what I want to talk about. Top Hat himself and how well written, how performed he is as truly psychotic. He's, he tapped into what makes a person truly frightening is their unpredictability. And it is, 
terrifying how he can go from in that moment like you said with trudy where he seems so sensible like you could actually talk to this guy you might be able to get along with this guy but how he can turn on a dime he's being very um genial with uh zandra mm -hmm. you know talking to her you know saying that's just all he's interested in people he could talk to he only keeps these guys around because they're good he's making her lessen her guard and then the next mm -hmm. time you see him, he's dragging her off to a bedroom against her will. That is terrifying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. You you think that maybe you could like, okay, maybe he's sensible. Maybe I could work with him. And the next minute, no, you're reminded. He's absolutely crazy. That's scary. That's really scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So I have a theory. And this is a good one. <laughs> I truly think the series would have been better and would have made a lot more sense if, because, you know, Zoot died and then there's a Chosen. That's fine. But I think at season five, when they decided to bring Zoot back to life and, oh, Zoot, oh, I don't think that, personally, that didn't work for me. But if it was Top Hat, like they, if they said Top Hat was still alive, I think they would have got a bigger reaction from their fan base along with, you know, people in, in the, uh, tribe universe because he's a lot more creepy a lot more more creepy and intimidating than zoot at least for me yeah but he has had less interactions with the whole city yeah it wouldn't have worked if they if they kept everything as it is but then brought him back in season five it wouldn't have worked because he legit is only in two episodes if they had brought him back sooner and actually done something with him like they do bring him back in season two but they don't do anything with his character and then they imply he died of the virus. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have had any impact if they claimed to have brought him back later. Because Top Hat isn't known for taking over the city. And we don't know anybody else he's attacked. Nobody else ever speaks of him. I do agree, though. Bringing Top Hat back would have been very smart. Keeping him in the show as a threat, you know, on the outlines would have been smart. But they just don't use it. I don't know why. Another great character they just never utilize again. Uh, he could have burned so many parts of that city. Yeah. Can you imagine the Mallrats trying to negotiate with Tribe Circus in season two? That would have been amazing. <laughs> I would have loved to see Top Hat amongst um, all those tribe leaders that the Guardian collects. That would have been great. And then Top Hat having a conversation with Ram <laughs> would have been hilarious. Mm. <laughs> yes. Now that I would like. If a character is only allowed to be around for such a short period of time, I gotta say they still did a fantastic job making him so epic. Said nobody forgets Top Hat. No, there's plenty of characters that get forgotten, but not him. He got to make one big splash <laughs> in a very short period of time. Unlike other characters who are around for a little bit of time and people hate them, like Sasha, you know. I don't know anybody who hates Top Hat. I think most people, most people actually really like Top Hat. The fire extinguishers. Oh, those girls. I love those girls. At least they had a brilliant idea. It was actually a very clever one. Have you ever been sprayed with the stuff that's in a fire yeah, extinguisher? It's... That's not good. <laughs> like, that stuff can hurt. Yep. Be damaging. Depending on the type, yeah. I, I would have preferred they use them as a blunt weapon, <laughs> but I get why they couldn't. Oh, <laughs> they're quite heavy, and they're small girls. Yeah, that's what they should have been throwing <laughs> off the balcony. <laughs> One person who gets hit with a fire extinguisher is poor Ryan. 
<laughs> and the epic flip onto the staircase. Oh, just perfect. I thought that was a great, like, exclamation point on this fight. You have lost. You've tried every trick you have. It has failed. And this is the exclamation point of Top Hat landing and letting you know, thank you very much for the entertainment, but the show is over. You've lost. I just, it's really great. Yeah. If you're going to be taken over, I would rather be taken over by the greatest showman on earth. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> his, his, his stage performance, is, it, it's great. I love it. It's a little hard to be mad that he won. <laughs> Oh, I know we've had our differences, but I DID have plans for you. Well, most of you, and now you'll never know what you missed. You're sick! But all that was before you so thoroughly wicked me off and treated me with such little respect! Yeah, let's, let's, um, let's talk about KC. Because um, after he manages to sneak free, we see him overcome by guilt, even though he's unable to help out the others. But he eventually turns back. And we see his attack on Top Hat. Um, Yapano, what did you make of that? I think his first instinct was, Lex isn't here. I have to protect Mrs. Lex. You know, because that's what Sandra is to him. And yeah, I, I just love the way he does it. Because it's very fitting to who KC is. He doesn't need anything to fight for that. Except, well, his own body. <laughs> I liked it too. I thought it was a good reminder that as troublesome as Casey may be, where his heart is, you know, I mean, for example, he's the one who kind of got them into by going to the gambling den, bringing Porky, all that jazz. But when he finally realized they were in over their heads, what was his first instinct to do? Save Chloe. Make sure Chloe got away with the pig. Mm -hmm. Sacrificed himself to get her out of there. He accepted, I'm the one who got us into this. I'm going to make sure Chloe gets home. So here he is once again. The whole time Casey's been in danger, he has been resisting Top Hat. Despite mm-hmm. his fear, despite being terrified of what this guy will do to him, he's lied about where he came from. He lied about who Chloe was. He's lied about how to get back to the mall. He's resisted every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And he's failed. You know, he gets to the mall. He gets to see what these people are doing to his family. He feels awful because this is not what he was aiming for, as troublesome as he may be. And he's terrified watching them destroy his home and the mayhem and watching and hearing his own family fighting them and not being able to do anything about it, being scared of them, being paralyzed by that fear. And and then hearing Zondra's screams, which, okay, applause for Amy Morrison, crap mm-hmm. the girl gives me chills every time she screams i like i want to crawl through the tv and save her myself mm-hmm. yeah. um <laughs> i'm convinced that she's in danger somebody save her and it snaps him out of it you know it snaps him out of it just when he does a, a rope climb how many of us could do that okay <laughs> to get up the balcony to get to her and that fate the look on his face like he's disgusted with how much top hat has been able to scare him and he's done with it. Like, I don't care what you're going to do to me. You can set me on fire. Because he knows better than anybody what Top Hat might do. Mm-hmm. But at that moment, he doesn't care. I just, it's a good character journey for him throughout this episode. Excellent and very consistent with who he is. And a good image of someone overcoming their paralyzing mm-hmm. fear to just do what's right. And I think he would have done it for any of them. Except maybe Bray. <laughs> <laughs> Bray might be the only person he wouldn't have done it for. <laughs> 
But yeah, I think he would have come to the rescue of anybody in that situation. Yeah, true, but I, I just for me, it feels like Sandra is that bit more important to him. And well, he he definitely made sure that Top Hat, Top Hat couldn't do what he planned to do anymore for a while. Very good. I like that. I like that direct attack on his weapon of choice. Mm -hmm. Like you won't be using this, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> and then Top Hat's respond responds with him. You're a very naughty little boy. <laughs> the way he just gets quiet. I love the way Top Hat's voice elevates yes. when he's speaking. Mm -hmm. I did have plans for you. Well, some of you. <laughs> <laughs> so you treated me with such thorough disrespect. <laughs> He's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. That is terrifying. Love him. Should I have a crush on a psychopath? <laughs> if if any yeah, then this one. <laughs> I think that might require some introspection. <laughs> yeah, you would think Top Hat was like Heath Ledger's inspiration to how to play the Joker. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, that Casey incident was the most consistent thing in this in this episode, and I love how they play that off. Maybe like Casey a lot more, a lot more when I first watched it. Mm -hmm. I, I really love the way that whole scene is shot with you know Zondra's crying, which again. <sighs> And then all the girls trying to get to her, trying to get to their friend and being held back. And the guys, they're in the cage. They can hear her. Look at Ryan's face. Mm -hmm. Look at all of them. They can't get to her. They can't help her. This is happening to one of their own. It's just really well shot. And then the way the camera's in on Celine's face as she sees KC and realizes yeah. something's about to happen. Again, the oh, yeah. camera work in this. It's so good. I love the direction of Mm -hmm. brilliant it's just so well shot the way casey just hops over that fence and says that's it i'm not afraid anymore i don't care what you do to me i'm not letting this happen and fantastic fantastic what are you gonna do what right now i'm leaving what are we supposed to do hmm hadn't thought about that but i'm sure you'll uh Come up with something. You can't leave us in here to starve! Oh, don't worry. You won't starve. So that leads us to our final thoughts of the episode. So a thoroughly pissed off Top Hat traps all the more rats between the grills before setting them all on fire. Um, okay, first question, panel. Having, having seen the true extent of what Top Hat is capable of, how do you think he compares to other antagonists that we see throughout the show? Um, and did you appreciate that this was more of a hit and run over the like invasion scenarios we get in the future? I think Top Hat is way scarier than the other ones. Because you don't know what he's going to do. All you know is that it's going to be bad. But he's not the one who plans carefully, chooses his next move. He just he goes and he does it. And yeah, for, for me, that makes him scarier. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think we could have used... I, I, while I totally appreciate the well-thought-out invasion storyline of The Chosen, mm -hmm. it's fantastic. Great job. Well done, guys. We could have used more hit-and-run um, attacks like this. Um, because when you try to turn everything into an invasion scenario, they become really repetitive. And not to mention, you have to really think about why someone would put all that effort into an invasion. Mm -hmm. You have to give them a 
purpose and end goal, blah, blah. That all can become very tedious. But hit and run attacks like this are like tornadoes. They don't really need a reason to happen. You know what I mean? The mall rats just happened to come into Tophead's orbit that day. That's all it took was for him to, it just caught his attention. One of his lackeys was like, yo, this kid, you know, he's able to get some good stuff. Top Hat was like, well, I'm bored. Let's interrogate him. Let's figure this out. When he leaves you, I was not expecting this. I was not expecting this attack to end with Top Hat going, uh, oh, me? I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm bored. I ate your food. I trashed your mall. I got other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrifying. Yes. You just got in his way today. He went through all this for nothing. <laughs> He just gave you a really, really crappy day, and now he's just <laughs> leaving after he sets you on fire. Bye. Not personal. I'm never even going to think about you again. Like, that's terrifying. <laughs> we could have used more of these. They're very effective. Yeah, and you can't... I mean, they prepared as well as they could, but you don't need the long scheming, the, you know, people playing double agents with this. It's just... This is going to happen. This is how we're going to react to this. Smash and grab job. Yeah. You just completely shattered and traumatized on the... Mm-hmm. And it's over. It's just gone. You're just like... <laughs> and I think if they had more of these, it would have definitely upped the fear of the world they live in. Knowing this could happen all the time. We've talked about it all of season one, yeah. that this could happen. So it finally does. And it's just as devastating as you always imagined it was going to be. Frankly, I think this was a more effective attack on the mall rats. Than most of the others we will get in the future. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, 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 I agree. Um, yeah, it did kind of feel like it was for nothing at the end of the day. But at that point, I was I was thinking like, okay, this won't be the last time we'll see Top Hat. <laughs> no, I was hoping that. That it wasn't the last time. Yeah. <laughs> Just knowing he's out there and could do this again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, because the the way the way it ended was like almost um, kind of like some type of Saturday morning cartoon villain. Like, oh yeah, we'll definitely see him again, <laughs> and this time we'll be ready. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a great performance though uh, by the actor who played who played Top Hat. I think I think if someone were to make like a top ten best actors of the tribe. You would have to mention him, or at least have like an honorable mention. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He would make my top five. Mm. He'd make my top five easy. Way to show up and nail your performance. Mm -hmm. Know exactly who your character is. He knew who he was. He like he lived in the skin of this character. Um, I love the last shot. I love that reminder. Like we've been having fun invasion. It's been a party. That reminder at the end. When they're like, you can't just leave us here to starve. He's like, oh, you won't starve. And then lights that match. And you're just like, holy crap. Oh, yeah, this guy's psychotic. I kind of forgot. <laughs> I forgot how dangerous he is. And to, it just blows my mind that he sets that fire and then just goes on with his life. He doesn't, like, leave anyone around and make sure the Marats die. Because he doesn't care yeah. mm -hmm. if they die. He's literally chaos personified. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they might get away. He just doesn't care anymore. He's got things to do. He literally just took out a few hours of his day to do this, and now he's got other stuff. Like, all right. That was like a lunch date for him. Yes. And now he's going back yeah. to his life. Places to go, people to torture. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
yeah, I mean, that's, whew, that is, that's going to mess up your psyche. I mean, yeah, this, this whole episode is exactly why I love him more than Zoo. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> mm-hmm. he's just fantastic. It's, he's creepy, scary. It's just. I live in total yeah. fear of him. Yeah. And if they had brought him back, then yes, a season five revival of Top Hat or something. He could have been a constant terror on the streets, oh. you know? Um, and I think he would have been a good contrast to Ebony, who is not chaotic. She wants control. She can be very evil and diabolical, but she's not chaos. And um, that would have been nice to have those diametrically opposing antagonists out there that you have to deal with. <laughs> and I, have to say, I would have loved to see what would happen if the Chosen had taken some of Tribe Circus as well, and Top Hat would have had to go up against the Chosen um, alongside the Mole Rats. Can you imagine that? Oh my gosh. It, it would have been epic. <laughs> I wish. I just wish they brought him back. I really do. I wish they'd utilized I mean, this tribe. Even if they would have just put him with Danny and the others, you know? I would have loved to see how he would have responded, because he would not have gone down without a fight. Maybe that's why they didn't have him there. But yeah, he'd be one of the tribal leaders. They off straight away. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to one to ten. Like this is quite a bad situation for the Morats to be in, don't you think? Because like everyone's trapped in a cage. All we have is Lex, who's a prisoner of Ebony. It's like it's quite a bad situation they're in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. Like forget everything you know. They don't know where Lex is. For they know he's dead in the street by now. Mm. All they know is they are trapped in a cage and there's a fire going on. And if it doesn't spread, the smoke is going to get to them. Yeah. And even if they manage to avoid the smoke, the dehydration is going to get to them. This is, you are up Schmidt's Creek at this point without a paddle. My mind instantly went to Trudy being in that cage with a baby. I mean, that smoke would be horrible for everyone, but for a tiny baby, ah. Yeah, there's this. You're all of you are in there. Your family is in there, and it's like, how do you prioritize their safety? How do you help any of them? Mm-hmm. You know, and you do. How do you get out of here? Being trapped like that. I mean, that is awful. You can see is your doom. You know, mm-hmm. Ugh, that is the worst. <laughs> it's awful. It's kind of like being buried alive. Yeah, you can't do anything. Yeah, that would have. Um... Yeah, that would have scared me. I mean, <laughs> being set on fire or, or about to be set on fire, that's probably one of the worst ways to go. Mm-hmm. I got locked in a closet once as a kid and had a complete meltdown panic attack. I was only in there for five minutes. <laughs> it was just the idea of being trapped, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't get out of here. Can anyone hear me? I'm screaming. Before you know it, you're pounding on the door. It's the panic of being trapped. You know, like, logically, you're like... No one will find me. I'm in the closet. I'm in the house. But just that panic of realizing you can't get yourself out of the situation you're in and it's dark and you don't know if anyone can hear you. You don't know how long you're going to be there. So just escalate that. It's That's the worst, the worst situation to be in. It's like being buried alive. One hell of a cliffhanger. And I sat there for a year thinking about the show going, I wonder what happened, guys. Or <laughs> <laughs> get out. I don't know who those people were, but I gotta find out. <laughs> yeah, I think cliffhanger-wise, this is one of the best. Yeah, it's right up there. Like the season finale for me, it's a really good. Mm-hmm. And it also it adds impact to what Lex has to do because before, you know, you 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 know you know Lex is looking for rats, 
but he doesn't know just how much danger they're in. He just senses they are in danger. But now that the Marats have, you're rooting. Lex has to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he has to. He has to get Ebony because now we know just how much in danger the Marats actually are. Even though Lex doesn't, and we need him to succeed. So um, I like that. It adds impact story because he's all we got left. Who else is going to save them? At this moment, you might even forget that Lex live and he's out there and when the next episode comes up and you're reminded you're like oh my gosh lex you gotta save him <laughs> you the hero <laughs> you gotta this out, man. <laughs> they need you <laughs> yeah it's good writing and good setup for his character's redemption arc which he's on right now and um so yeah it's, it's just really well thought out to get the characters when they need them to be um cool so that brings episode 46 to a close Thank you very much to the panel and we'll see you next time for episode 47. So until then, bye. 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 Bye.